Welcome to another episode of Her Daily Drive. I'm Sarah, and these podcasts are designed to encourage and inspire you to find your daily drive in Jesus through hearing stories of other women who are already on their own journeys with Him. we're going to be interviewing Iona. She's a woman who's been married for 52 years. She's a psychologist and a counsellor, used to have a Canadian accent, and believe it or not, created a word in the dictionary. Let's jump straight into Iona's testimony. I wasn't named until I was 12 months old. I had no name. I was just called baby because I was the third daughter and my father wanted a son. I felt that rejection early in my life. However, I never felt the rejection from my Heavenly Father. Even when I was three and four, I remember singing praises to the Lord. My first debut on stage was when I was five, and I had to do a little item, and I remember it so clearly, and it was, Behold, I stand at the door and knocked knocked on the floor of the stage. And everyone laughed, you know, and if any man hears my voice, let him open Open, open the door and I will come in. I really took that scripture and I learned that he will come in, but he will sup with me. He'll have a meal with me. And I sometimes find, you know, with driving, because I love the title of this, Her Daily Drive. Well, I drive every day and sometimes I call in for a takeaway meal because I usually work from nine in the morning to nine at night and so sometimes if I I just grab something as a takeaway and I believe that's sometimes what I do with the Lord I don't really sit and commune and dine with him so I just I'm mindful of that because sometimes we just do it on the run you know on the 22nd of May 1960 my parents, we usually went to either the Methodist church, my father was Methodist, or the Presbyterian church. But this particular night, we went to the Baptist church, and they had an altar call. I'd never really heard one. I felt I had to respond, and my sisters said, no, don't embarrass us. No, I ignored them, and I went forward, and I was saved. So I was a Christian I'd made a decision to follow Jesus, but I wasn't spirit-filled. So I wasn't a really overcoming Christian. So it wasn't until I had my fourth child that I (laughs) really reached the end of my tether, so to speak. I felt overwhelmed with life. And so it was then that I got baptized in water and I got filled with the Spirit. Holy Spirit. And so then, then I was able to really be more victorious in my Christian living. When I was 13, my, I said to my, my father and mother, said, what would you like for a birthday present? And I said, oh, I'd like a book on psychology. I'd like Freud's book on psychology. My father couldn't believe it. But anyway, so I was always interested in psychology, the study of the soul. But they say that fathers influence children on their career. And my father said, no, 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 you need to be a teacher because you'll get the school holidays when you have a family. So I then became a teacher, 
a primary school teacher. It wasn't until my son was killed that I changed direction and I went back to university and did a psychology degree. And then I did my master's and now I'm doing my doctorate. So I'm very grateful that as a woman, I can do these things. Whereas a hundred years ago, women couldn't go to university evidently. And then they let them go, but they wouldn't give them a degree. So I'm very grateful at my time of life that I'm allowed to do all these things. It's great. And so that's my career. I'm, as I say, I work long hours and I enjoy my life. But it hasn't been easy. I lived in four countries. I was born in South Africa and I lived in Canada and New Zealand and Australia. But I do call Australia home. I love that song. And what I was going to say with your title about driving, when I left South Africa, I actually turned 15 on board ship and I'd heard that, I mean, at that stage we went to New Zealand and I heard that you could get your driver's license at 15. But about three days later, I got my license and I haven't stopped driving since. You know, the driving time is precious. I do listen to CDs, but I find it's a good time to pray and to sing praises or even listen to worship songs. So I find it is a very good time where you're sort of being still. And that leads me to what I think is really important is that we soak or marinate in the Bible, in the Mm -hmm. Word of God. It prepares us for everything, whatever comes our way. um, I really feel that strongly. And it says in the Bible, and I think it's in Revelation, to her that overcomes... Will I make a pillar in the temple of the Lord? And so obviously then we have to overcome. When I was younger, I thought, oh, well, when you're a Christian, everything's happy. And and I was such an optimist. I never thought things could go wrong in my life. I had a very good life. You know what I mean? There was, I just felt it was great. So when things, when I had to face difficult times, I remember that the word of God sustained me. It was amazing. Thanks for sharing your testimony with us. Now, I know in this next section, when we're going to talk about overcoming hard circumstances in our lives, you've got a lot that you want to share about your stories and different Bible verses that have helped you. So I'm going to let you jump right in. So with this daily drive, um, continuing with that theme, when yeah. we when I was younger, I was driven by my parents. You know, they were the ones in charge. And then when you get your own license, you have to be responsible. And mm-hmm. and a lot of the time we in today's technology, we rely on Navman or TomTom. But even that can sometimes go wrong. So what I'm saying is the scripture that means a lot to me is to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own, own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So many times what has stood out to me as a really important scripture is the one for Joshua. Be strong and of good courage, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that has meant a lot to me because he has been with me wherever I go. And it's the same with each person as we drive along. Wherever we go, he is with us. And I find that so, and we have to be strong and of good courage. Somebody once asked me, oh, what do you hope for your children? And I I said, I don't want them to be happy because everyone wants to be happy. I want them to have courage that they will face each day to have the courage of their convictions to 
be able to negotiate difficult driving situations. And sometimes we come to dead ends in our lives, but it's not wasted. We might have to go do a big loop, but it's part of our journey and nothing is wasted. So anyway, I lived in South Africa, I lived in New Zealand, I lived in Canada. I used to actually have a Canadian accent and I used to talk about 20 after two and (laughs) stuff like that. But anyway, and then I came to Australia in 1981 and in 1982 my son was killed. So we didn't know many people here. So it was learning to overcome, trying to overcome the insecurities before I was married. You know, who would ever love me because I had felt rejected all my life. Um, by, you know, I had very beautiful sisters and people would say to me, oh, aren't your sisters beautiful? And I would think, yes, and I was proud of them, but then I realised that it meant I wasn't. So anyway, I met this young man and what I would say to young women, see a guy in every situation because they're always nice in church or at dinner. But see them when they have a cold. See them when the tyre needs to be changed. When there are stressful moments, because that's, that's when you really know what they're like. So you have to be very sure that they're not just nice when it, things are going well. And so when I married him, I was only 17. And I thought before I married him, I met him when I was 12. And I thought he'd be a good husband. But when I married him, I realised he was better than I thought he'd be. So I've been very blessed with a good man. I was a mother at 18. I had my second child, my daughter at 18, my son at 20. Then I had a gap of five years and I had my third son at 25 and my youngest when I was 27. And so it was a huge learning curve to overcome the loneliness of being a mother and the marathon and of trying to work and trying to raise a family. So I've always worked very hard and that was difficult. And also overcoming housework and then trying to, get, you know, balance your life with going to work, doing your housework, keeping yourself attractive, not letting yourself go as sometimes we do because we neglect ourselves. So that's been a lot of things that I've had to overcome. Before I was married, I didn't even know how to cook because I'd grown up in a country where things were done for me and I remember looking at when I first got married at a cabbage and I remember thinking do you roast it what do you do with it I had no idea so I'm saying that I've had to overcome a lot of inadequacies and things that I didn't know so I really encourage people to trust in the Lord because if we have fear we're not we're not having faith So it's trying to trust that the Lord is the judge of the earth and he does what's right and to know the scriptures so that like when my son was killed, it was amazing experience because I was so, um, my foundation was in the Lord and it was an amazing growth time for me. And so not that I'd wish it on anyone, it's it has affected me to this very day. And somebody asked my husband, What's it like to lose a child? And he said it's like losing your right arm. You learn to live without it, but you always always miss it. And so that is for me. But it's making the most of your lot in life. And it is well with my soul. I haven't become bitter. I accept 
that the Lord trusted me with this beautiful son and now it's my turn to trust him. You know, I never understood that scripture, blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted. And that's what I'm trying to say. Until I experienced it, I never knew the comfort that I could receive. However, I've noticed two types of people when they face calamity in their lives. And it's a bit like a child that's overtired. Some children fight the parent trying to rock them to sleep. Uh, Other children will just nestle into the comfort of the parent. And that's what I realized, that I just went into the comfort that the Lord gave me. Now, my son was killed on what you call Holy Thursday, which is the day before Good Friday. He said goodbye to me, and I won't go too much detail, and I never saw him again. His last words were to me, I won't be home late. He wasn't. He He was home to glory very early. But anyway, on the Easter Sunday, I went in to do a load of washing the first time since he'd been killed. I found his crumpled clothes and I picked them up and I just wept and they were empty. And it reminded me of the women who went to the tomb, the despair they felt. And I felt that despair. And then I just think, I thought, I'm so grateful to Jesus because of what he did, that I do not sorrow without hope. I love that song or that scripture, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never, never die. That's why it pays to really know the word of God. Because when you need it, it's there. And you notice like with Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil, he, was, he used scripture. And that's what I would do when I would think, why did I come to Australia? What tragedy I'm facing. And then I would think, no, the Lord said he would be with me wherever I go. And so it's been a very deep and painful walk. But I've turned it, I've now been able to support people who go through difficult times. I have great compassion for people I have survived and I've come up with a word. Do you know that centuries have gone by, centuries, thousands of years, and no one has ever named what it is to be the parent whose child has died. You know, we have orphan, we have widow, we have bachelor, spinster, divorcee, but there's no name for parent whose child has died. And anyway, I was praying about it this year in March. I was flying from Ireland. I'd been to present a paper and it came, it was like the Lord just dropped it into my lap and I wrote it down and it was Sadoc. So what it's, it's like, you know, you have heard of SIDS, but this is survivor after death of child. So I'm a Sadoc. If you have a sibling that's died, then you're a Sados, survivor after death of sibling. And if you've lost a twin, it's survivor after death of twin, Sadot. So I've registered it with the um, dictionary, I think it's the Oxford, but it also has to be used. Usage also makes them then printed. So that's I've found really amazing that I've turned all the, you know, what's the lemons into lemonade. And another scripture that my son loved was, let us, it's in Galatians 6, I think, verse 9 and 10. It says, do not grow weary in doing good especially to those, the household of faith. 
for in due season you will reap a, a reward or a harvest. So sometimes when I'm weary, and you, we all get weary with working and fitting church in and everything in, I sometimes think, oh, I can't be bothered. And then I think, no, don't, do not grow weary in doing good. So this is part of overcoming and getting enough sleep. You know, we just are, are I'm a wreck if I don't sleep. And, and to me, I sleep so well, and I'll just show you how unspiritual I am. If I ever can't sleep, the best thing to do is I tr- pray for world leaders and I get so bored <laughs> thinking of who's the president of where and <laughs> and within seconds I'm asleep. You know, I start off with maybe Obama or you know what I'm getting at. It's hilarious really. Now the other thing is about overcoming, put your hand into the hand of God because that'll be safer than a known way. That is so true. It's trusting and I love that song, Trust and Obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So it's sticking to the word of God, but not being dogmatic or judgmental of others. Because I had tried to change my husband for many years to make him perfect like me. And I soon realized I can't change anyone. I can only work on me as I allow God to and the Holy Spirit to convict me of where I need to improve. We're all different, and it's really celebrating those differences. It's another thing I to show you how much we overcome. I was held hostage by Australia's most wanted, by you know gunpoint for five hours here on the Gold Coast. It's an yes. amazing experience um, of knowing the peace of God that passes understanding, because I knew I would probably die. It was very, very serious. And he was telling me how he killed, he killed a cop in Sydney and shot another one. And he was on the run from the police when he took me hostage. So I, he kept telling me how he'd killed, you know, and I'm thinking, don't tell me because then you're going to kill me. I'll know too much, you know. But it's interesting that he, three times in those five hours, he said to me, how come you're not afraid? And I was amazed. I chose my words carefully and I said, because I knew he was into killing, I said, because my son was killed, I'm not afraid of anything. And you know, that was so true. Because I prepared for death. I said, Lord, I'm ready to go. And I had such peace. I just thought, well, if this is my time, I'm ready. And would you say that that peace that overcame you was because you had a foundation and you knew God's word? It is. That's what It sounds sort of, you know, really... You have to know that you know that you know. Iona, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open with us. My hope and prayer is that your story will influence and help others to realize they can overcome hard circumstances through simply having a strong foundation in the Lord. Next week, join us as we talk to Elia, a young woman doing local mission. She's going to talk to us a bit about the importance of saying yes to God opportunities and that everything is in his timing. Until then, have a wonderful week.